Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. All right, and welcome back to Maximize Your Influence. Kurt Mortensen here. Hope everyone's having an awesome week, achieving your goals, learning those soft skills, making more money, being more successful, closing more deals, whatever it is you're looking for. We're here to maximize our influence. You know what? Get others to want to do what you want them to do and like doing it. And let me add, recruit others to want to do what you want them to do. A little charisma factor there. Hey, it's been a good week. Did a lot of coaching this week on persuasive presentations. And how did I help someone increase their close rate by 15%? You're going to like the news here because it's not that difficult. The first thing was to simplify. You're more influential when your prospect sees it as something easy to do. There's not a lot of steps. We know in persuasion, we know on the internet, for every step, everything I ask someone to do, it decreases your ability to influence and the ability to understand what's going on. A confused mind says no. So think about it. If you look at your influence and you can simplify it, number one, it's easier to understand. I get it. I understand it. Number two, fewer steps. And the next thing was to magnify. Use the law of contrast. Basically, when you get to the price, they're like, wow, that's a great deal. Even if they can't afford it, they see the value, the return on time, return on investment. You can call it a price marinade, the price punch, the law of contrast, whatever it is. Just know when someone says it's too expensive, most of the time it's a lie, but usually you've blown your presentation. You haven't got them to the point where you're like, wow, that's worth it. Just saying some things to add, that's good news for you because these are things that don't take much effort to dramatically change and improve how you influence others. So that brings us to, let's dive into our persuasion blunder of the week. I call it TMI. An overwhelmed brain says no. Add that to a confused mind says no. An overwhelmed brain says no. They don't get it too much. See, you're too close to what you do. You're like, wow, that's cool. You geek out on it. Others have no idea what it means. That's 450 horsepower. Some people are like, yeah. Some people say, I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so here's some blunders, which, I mean, these are cool things, but... For the average brain, and this is not an intelligence thing, it's just your realm of expertise, it might not be your world. There are certain things that we geek out on, that we understand, that we get, that we can assign benefits to. For the rest of us, we're like, I, I don't know what that means. This is Cinemark, the theaters. They're new, what they call XD theaters. In fact, let me just read it from the website. Imagine everything a movie can be. A brighter world, a deeper sound, a richer experience. With Cinemark XD, you'll experience movies as they were meant to be. Every scene comes alive in 35 trillion colors. Now, that's laid out well. Looks cool. Sounds cool. But 35 trillion, the brain, I mean, it's a big number. That's great. But the brain can't handle it even fathom. What does 35 trillion even mean? Now, I know why they're doing it. They want to put it out there. But there's got to be a better way for an average brain to get to understand 35 trillion colors. Because the average brain can't even understand a trillion dollars. Oh, another trillion dollars in debt. What does that mean? 
Well, you got to break it down. That's a million million. That's a thousand billion. You know, if you spend a dollar every second, it would take you over 31,000 years to spend a trillion dollars. Put it into perspective. Because, oh, trillion dollars. What does that mean? That's a little bit more than a billion? No, it's a thousand billion. You have to put it into perspective. Here's another one I saw this week. I don't remember the company. It was some type of bag. And it was biodegradable in four years. Now, I know plastic bags are bad, but is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Is that fast? Is that slow? They were bragging about it, so it must be good that this thing's biodegradable in four years. I'm like, okay, that doesn't sound good to me. Two weeks sounds good. Two days sounds good. Not an issue sounds good, but four years, is that good? Maybe it is. Not my world, not where I geek out, not my expertise, but... Whoever wrote that, they were really excited about it. (laughs) But I don't know if anybody else got excited about it. So we have to be very careful of the information that we share, that people understand it, they can assign a benefit to it, and that it doesn't overwhelm or confuse them. I saw another one this week to, you know, how far the moon is from the earth. Because I guess all the diagrams that you see in school are wrong. You know, you have the earth and the moon rotates around it. So this guy actually, you can find it on YouTube, I'll, I'll put the link in gave people a basketball and a tennis ball and say, estimate how far the earth is from the moon. And people would stretch their arms out. Some people would set one down and walk a little bit. And they were completely off. Nobody got it right. Not even close. I mean, the right answer was he gave the earth to somebody and paced out like 15 steps away to illustrate how far it was. That's the type of thing you need to do to illustrate numbers, distances, value, money, budget, any of those things don't fall into that blunder. Because that's the key. You're geeking out. You're excited about it because it's a cool thing. But maybe your average prospect does not get it. All right. Which brings us to our geeky article. How hunger can really make us feel hangry. Now, if you haven't heard that word before, it's a new word for you or you're around the world. Hangry is a made-up word. It's a combination of hungry and angry. You become hangry. Bottom line, if you're not eating, your blood sugar's low, you tend to be in a foul mood, get angry faster. Is that true? Well, here's the study. It's from Angelia Ruskin University. That's in the UK. The University of Health Sciences in Austria. The Journal Plus One. And Professor Viren Swamy. So bottom line, new scientific research discovered that feeling hungry can make us hangry and that it's true that when we feel that hunger we have emotions like anger irritability and of course we kind of already know that to be true the challenge is most people just don't know that it's happening the study was one of the first to investigate how hunger affects people's emotions on a day-to-day level so again hangry is a combination of being hungry and angry Now, using that term has become more and more normal, more popular over the years. I think there even was a commercial, uh, I think it was Snickers, did one on being hangry. That your solution would be to eat a Snickers bar. (laughs) The study didn't go into that, but that is how popular the term is getting. Oh, you're hangry. Woo, yeah. That not only did this hunger increase your anger and irritability, but it also lowered your levels of pleasure. I think the bottom line here, just to add to it, that when you're hungry, some people just can't think of anything else. So they're more angry, pleasure's lower, crazy things start to happen. So they looked at adults over a 21-day period, 
and they were randomly prompted to report their feelings and their level of hunger. So this would happen on their smartphone. It would be an app. It would happen five times a day because sometimes we're just not aware of it. We get so thrust in the day, so busy, so stressed that we don't realize that we're having these feelings, these moods, this hanger. So they said the effects were substantial. Even when they took in demographic factors such as age, gender, body mass index, dietary behavior, they looked at a lot of different things. And they found that hunger was associated with 37% of the variance in irritability and 34% of the variance in anger. So there's definitely a bump in both being irritable and angry when you're hungry. The research also found that negative emotions, again, that irritability and anger, and unpleasantness were caused both by day-to-day fluctuation in hunger as well as residual levels of hunger measured by averages over a three-week period. So this is what they said. Although our study doesn't present ways to reduce negative hunger-induced emotions, it just found out that it was happening. And then when people recognized they were angry and they were hungry, they were more likely not to go through it, to take care of it, to realize that it's happening. So what the study does is gives us a bigger picture on how people experience the emotional outcomes of hunger in their everyday lives. Interesting, we know it, we just need to be more aware of it, aware of others. I wouldn't try to persuade somebody when they're hangry. (laughs) I wouldn't go to court when you're angry. We've talked about it before on this show (laughs) where judges uh, that right before lunch, when they tend to be probably the most hangry, give a little stronger sentences. We all know it when you're in a foul mood. And go back to the archives at MaximizeYourInfluence.com and look up Mood Matters. How when you are in a bad mood, you recall bad things. It's hard for you to be in the right state to persuade somebody when you're in a wrong mood. Number one, if they're in a rotten mood, they're going to recall bad things. Why it's not going to work out? They're going to be stuck on worry instead of seeing the big picture. Now, low blood sugar is one piece of mood. I mean, there's other things like stress, rejection, failure, negative people, angry people. That can affect it too, but blood sugar is a big one that we can easily address and fix. Again, I have noticed over the years, some can go all day without eating, they're fine, not a big deal. Some, boom, when it hits, you can tell, done deal, you gotta get something in their stomach. Just saying, that's how it is. That is the study on hangry. It's a real thing. There you have it, the geeky scholarly article of the week. So let's dive into more content and look at Maximize Your Influence email. Oh boy! Remember, we use your email on the show. You get access to InfluenceUniversity.com, the gold edition. This is from Simon, who lives in New York City. Says he saw me in Dallas. I think I remember you, Simon. I think you're one that came in on your own jet. Cool thing, always fun to do. He says, I attended executive training on advanced leadership. Before COVID. All right. Then he says, we'll just get a summarize here. Kurt, I finally get it. I did not believe it at the time when you were talking about self-persuasion. Now, let me add everyone. Self-persuasion is mindset, success, psychology, our mental programming. He says, you said that was the most important thing, more important than anything else to be successful and to lead others. And you said, if you can't lead yourself, you can't lead others. It sounded good at the time, but I really didn't buy into it. Now I do. So as you teach mindset, what are the big two? And how can I teach others? What are the big two? Let me give you a couple. Let's start working with them. 
teaching others. I mean, the best way to teach others is to master it yourself, do it yourself, and then show people how to do it through yourself being a product of the product, doing what you're asking other people to do. So how do you reprogram your brain for success and wealth? Well, your brain, you got to consider it the software and a computer. I mean, you can have the most powerful computer in the world, but if your software stinks, your computer stinks. We can talk about Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, who interviewed hundreds of millionaires to find out what they had in common, and it was all mindset. In the past, when I've done real estate negotiation training, you know, people get into real estate, they want to learn how to do real estate. When I would teach the soft skills, the mindset, they're like, we should have learned this first. But here's the challenge. They would never choose it first. They wanted to learn some of the other classes first, even though this is the most important. And I've been guilty too. Go to the seminars, millionaires talking about success and talking about vision and mindset and goal setting. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Heard that one before. <laughs> and then I'm wondering why I'm not having the success I wanted, you know, early on in my career. And I'm back there like, give me the tools. Leave me the tools until I finally realized, oh, those are the tools. That's when it clicked. That's what made a difference. So I want to put it out there. This is huge. So let's go through a few. The first one, beliefs. Your belief system. The challenge is, for most people, is they have conflicting beliefs. When you're in first, second grade, and you're told something about yourself, it becomes an instant belief. There's nothing you can do to refute it. Your brain's not mature enough. I mean, that's the, one of the big controversies right now around the world. What do you teach in school at that age to become a belief? It just does. It could be positive. It could be negative. You could be labeled smart, weird, strange, dumb, ADD, whatever it is. Those become beliefs. And that's what screws us up as adults. We have conflicting beliefs. It's like two control towers telling an airplane what to do. Or a torpedo with two guidance systems telling it what to do. It'll never hit the target. That's the key. You have conflicting beliefs and you have to identify those. Your belief about money. Well, it takes money to make money. You sure? That might be your belief. Well, I have to have a safe, secure job as an employee. But you want to be an entrepreneur. That could be conflicting beliefs. It's amazing as you look at these beliefs. Let me give you an example. Let's talk about money. Well, money's the root of all evil. Is it? I mean, the best thing you can do to help a poor person is be financially independent, to help them out, to help take their lives to the next level. You know, if someone's driving around town and they see someone that's really successful, let's say your friend's in the car and there's someone in this just beautiful home, nice car, whatever it is. You have to think about when people see this, the knee-jerk reaction for many people is they say negative things about this person they never met. Well, <laughs> Trust fund, baby. They stepped on people. Golden spoon. They're going to hell. They've been married 10 times. I mean, you fill in the blank. You've seen it. Maybe you've done it. That could be a conflicting belief for you. You want to be financially independent, but you're mocking people that are. Let me just put it out there. You cannot become what you resent. You cannot become what you despise. You cannot become what you make fun of. That's the reality. That's just how it works. So think about what are some of your conflicting beliefs? Reminds me of the story of Peter Daniels, one of my favorites, grew up in Australia. He had dyslexia nobody knew, not even his parents. Labeled as dumb, slow learner, hard to educate. That's his belief. Then one day in class, he had this teacher named Miss Phillips, just a mean, angry, vindictive teacher. He sat in the back. They didn't like each other. It was apparent. And she one day handed back this test. that had a big red F on it. Right, half the paper, he turned it over embarrassed and just wanted to go home. Wasn't a new experience, but something happened that day where she went to the front of the class and said, class, Peter Daniels has failed another class. 
In fact, he's going to be a failure his whole life. He's probably going to fail out of school. He probably shouldn't talk to him. He probably shouldn't be his friend. I think, wow. What do you do with someone like that? At that age, belief and ding, ding, ding. He did. He failed out of school. Failure, failure, failure. And about midway through his life, he realized that this experience, this was a belief that was implanted at that age. So he changed his belief system, gave himself permission to win, became an entrepreneur, became very successful, and actually retired as a billionaire. You want to know what book he wrote? Miss Phillips, you were wrong. And I tell you that because you have a Miss Phillips. You have someone in your life that planted a belief or that didn't believe in you that you need to adjust, amend, change that belief, and give yourself permission to win. That's going to be top of my list there. So let's talk about the next one, fear. Beliefs can propel you forward. I mean, they can hold you back, but fear like the breaks to success. And we've talked about it many times. It's in the Persuasive Presentation Program that you're only born with two fears. Because when I teach public speaking, persuasive presentations, we have to look at fears. You're only born with two fears. Every baby in the world is born with two fears. The fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. What does that mean? All these fun little fears that are holding you back, you've learned them so you can unlearn them. Think about what's costing you money. The fear of rejection, the fear of criticism, the fear of failure. And for some of you, the fear of success. Crazy. But it does. It holds us back. How much does your fear cost you? You need to look at those fears and address those fears. How? Well, realize that fear and excitement secrete the same chemicals to your body and turn that fear into excitement. Get past the negative things that are holding you back and get more excited about the future. And the best way is to make sure your fear of not doing it is bigger than the fear of doing it. Because when you look at the fear of doing it, there's going to be some type of reward that excites you for the future. Remember what I said a few weeks ago? It's okay to have butterflies, but get those butterflies to fly in formation. You're like, well, it's easier said than done. I'm not saying that it's super easy, but I can say anybody can do it. I can say it's simple. What's simple? Something that anybody can do that you can implement. All right, we have this fear holding us back versus our excitement. Or we can label it that our fear is worry. Worry is a form of fear, right? What's good to go wrong and... What is it, 90% of the things we worry about aren't even going to happen or we can't even change? So get past the worry. Because when you're stuck on worry, it's because your vision's not strong enough. You're not excited about the future. You can't see yourself doing it. You don't have worthwhile, exciting, big goals. Goals change that. Goals increase your vision, give you that excitement, and they help that fear and worry erode away. Because when you have that excitement, you're more motivated. When you have those goals, you have more direction. When you have vision, it dictates more than anything else your day-to-day decisions. And when you get excited about it, your vision increases, your passion increases. You feel like you have more purpose in life. You're more motivated. You're not using the short-term worry or fear or desperation to motivate you. You're inspired. You're moving. You're passionate. You have purpose. And when that happens, again, the fear roads away. You're more excited. You can see where you're going. You stay on track. And bottom line, you're more motivated. Oh, Kurt, I'm not sure what my my purpose or passion is. But let me give you a few questions to think about as a bonus here. You're walking on a beach, right? There's the bottle. You rub it. The genie appears. All right, it's a one-wish genie. Some conditions here. What is it? Genie says, all right, you can change one thing in the world. What would it be? A lot of things we can change in the world. But that one thing for you, what is it? Ooh, it's going to help you sculpt into your purpose and your passion. 
Let's say your strange Uncle Frank passed away and left you $10 million. You never have to work again. What would you do with your life? You've already seen the world. You've already taken care of your plastic surgery. What are you going to do with your life? I mean, really, what are you going to do? And let me add another question. What would you do if you knew you could not fail? If you were guaranteed success, what would you do? Guaranteed success. Now, some of you know exactly what it is. Some of you are still struggling. It's a sculpting process. You'll get a little closer, a little closer. But when you tap into that, man, motivation's easy. Vision's easy. Excitement's easy. Success is easy. Remember, something you can do. So hopefully that answers your question. One of the keys to winning, winning is done when no one is looking. I'm just saying, these are things you work on on your own. When no one's watching, these are the keys to success. So thanks for being here. Do appreciate it. Check us out at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. You can find the links to the things I talked about today, your free Persuasion IQ assessment. You can find about additional training and coaching. It's all right there, everything you need, even the archives to all Maximize Your Influence podcasts. So tell your family, friends, and enemies, hit like. Let us know what you think by going to the website or hit me at Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. In fact, let's make the special of the week. I'll give you a deep discount on millionaire psychology. Some of the things that we talked about today. Because to be successfully wealthy, it's simple. I've said that word quite a bit today. Want to be a millionaire? Start thinking, acting, and doing what other millionaires do. I mean... There's the simple formula. You want to be successful. You want to be filled the blank. You start thinking, acting, and doing what other people that started where you're starting and they've made it. That is the key to success. So there you have it. That's a wrap. Thanks for being here. Remember, apply one thing. Change your life. Change your income. Change the world. And go out and persuade with power. <laughs>